Today we're going to be taking a break from our current study through the Gospel of Matthew to talk about something you've heard me refer to as relaunch. And uh, for those that you might have forgotten, it's totally okay. But um, I think it's absolutely vital for us to revisit this idea of, of what we're going to be doing in this coming year, primarily because of this date right here, February 4th, 2024. Now, the obvious question is, what is significant about this date other than that it's the week before the Super Bowl? <laughs> other than that, like, okay, we, we get it. Like, I mean, that's a pretty big date, Super Bowl. It's not Super Bowl Sunday, but the week before Super Bowl. What is significant about this date? So, um, put a pin on that. I'll talk about that more specifically in a second. Over the past couple of months, we've thrown words around like relaunch. I've even said, I think, grand opening or grand reopening. I've, I've used phrases like that to describe uh, the strategic plan for inviting people to consider making Clarity Church the local church where they can engage in the journey of becoming more and more like Jesus. Now, while using words like relaunch or grand opening may be, grand reopening may be an appropriate way to communicate what's happening on February 4th, to those on the outside, I realize that this could also leave a lot of room for questions to those of us on the inside. So today is about answering some of those questions and talking about what we're going to be doing over these next 12 weeks. Now, before we talk about the what, this relaunch is about, I first think we should talk about the why. Why is there a need for us to relaunch? If you're a mature follower of Jesus, you'll know that the mission of God in the world is to see the lost be saved, right? A couple things, you know, Jesus said this himself, for the Son of Man has come to seek and save what? The lost. That means there are lost people who need saving and so this is what Jesus came for. And if we are people of Jesus, we are too. Second Peter 3.9 also tells us this. The Lord is not, this is one of my favorite verses. Uh, actually, I love the, uh, the King James Version or New King James Version. It uses the word slack. You know, it says the word is not slack as some count as slackness. But here it says the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient towards you. Now, listen, it's not that he's just patient. He's patient towards, who's Peter talking to? He's talking to the church. Hey, God is patient with you. Why? He's not wishing that any should perish. Now, he's not talking about the church, that they should perish. He's talking, he's saying, hey, I'm patient with you. Look, I'm about seeing the lost be saved, and guess how I've chosen to do it? Through you, and I'm patient with you. <laughs> That all should, what, reach repentance. In Clarity Church, we started, man, over 10 years ago. So crazy. In fact, I was joking with uh, Christina this morning as we were looking at some of our, our stuff and carts. And I'm like, here's, here's a sticker here. And I'm like, can you believe that sticker is 10 years old? Maybe not 10 years old, 9 years old. But, I mean, some of this stuff is really old. And we've been around. And I know sometimes we throw around the word that we're like a church plant. Uh, I was convicted this last week, uh, a couple weeks ago, actually. We had all the regional pastors over at my house. We meet every month, and we kind of change locations. We usually meet at a, one of the church's buildings. Because we don't have a building, I just invite them over to my home. And so we have 
church plants to pastors of mega churches who are part of Converge. Uh, and they're meeting in my house, and uh, this one guy, his name is, uh, he has letters before his names. That's how smart he pastors one of the larger churches here in the area, doctor, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, uh, anyways he, he, uh, he, made, he was making fun of us church planters. He said, uh, he was, actually, it wasn't me, so I can say it wasn't me, but he was talking to another church planter who was talking. He goes, like, how long ago was it you planted? And he's like, you know, six years ago. And he goes, well, you're not a church plant anymore. You're a planted church. <laughs> And uh, anyways, we are a church that's planted, and we started now with this idea of being a community of people committed to being disciples who make disciples. That's what we wanted to do. And it's for this very reason that we say this, right? Our vision is to see gospel transformation, what? Everywhere we go, every day we live, with everyone we meet. Michelle's got the cool new shirt that we have, right, that says everywhere, every day, everyone. So this is what we want to do. But in order for this church to have an active part in bringing the gospel, in bringing and seeing gospel transformation to every sphere of our influence, it requires this. It requires sustained existence. Sustained existence. Um, my grandfather passed away at the age of 36 from a heart attack. And when he passed away, my father was only six years old. And he was actually the youngest of six children. It eventually would be eight children. My grandmother would get remarried and have two more kids. But they wouldn't have the last name Santillan. They would have the last name Salcedo. But my father was the youngest of six kids. But only on top of that, he was also the only boy Okay, so he had, he had five older sisters. And I get in, in 2023, there isn't much value in the idea of uh, carrying on the family name. It's a pretty antiquated idea. But listen, for thousands of years of human existence, there always has been this idea that family names are sustained through their sons, right? And, and whether you still believe that or not, that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is that it's probably for this reason my mother, uh, when I was growing up, always told me, uh, she would say, you know, Philip, you know you're the only Santillan who can carry the family name, so you have to have children, right? And she would say that to me, and, and which is why every day, starting today, I'm going to remind my son, Brennan, as your father, I want to remind you, you are the last of the Santillan, of the family line. And if you don't have children, the Santillan line will fade away. Have children. Not now. We wait. Just a little later. Now, in the same way, churches that do not grow eventually fade away. And over 10 years ago, God did the work of allowing clarity to join his work of gospel transformation in the world. And we took that responsibility to heart and we began doing our part to make disciples that make disciples. And if you look at the history of our church, there were things that we did to make this possible. One, we chose to repurpose our rhythms, to serve one another and engage in life with each other in community. We did this. And there were different iterations of what our church looked like, whether it was staging and it was great bands or it was something simple like this. But at the end of the day, it required people who wanted to serve one another. And then it took people who are willing 
to live life on life with each other, life in community. We also exercise generosity with our time by partnering with organizations that are doing good in our community. Back in the day when we used to be in Plymouth, we, we partnered with PRISM. You'll remember that. We did the holiday thing. And then now we've been uh, partnering with um, Every Meal, which actually through this very school, handing out meals. We've exercised generosity with our finances, right? Which allowed us, and listen, <laughs> you got to know, I'm not ex- expecting you to cheer or anything, but this is really, this is something to celebrate. We became a self-sustaining church within four years, which statistically speaking, if churches do not become self-sufficient by four years, they usually don't exist after. And not only did we do that, you allowed me over these past 10 years, this is no, and I say this out of the gratefulness of my heart. Uh, You've allowed me to be your pastor full-time vocationally over the past 10 years. And then on top of that, we as a church have set aside over $15,000 just sitting in the bank to go towards church planting. And then on top of that, um, I just checked recently, we have, you know, we, we're kind of behind on our Amplify campaign, but did you know we, like, we have over $115,000 sitting towards that Amplify campaign? Like, this is what we did. We did this as a church. You did this. We also engaged in persuasively inviting people through personal invites and marketing. And I still remember the first time we sent, I think we sent out 80,000 mailers back. This was 10 years ago when like regular mail was a thing. And we canvassed it. We we threw things out. Then we did a little bit of social media marketing because it wasn't really a thing yet. But people came, right? And then we personally invited people. Like we invited them to come, hey, hey, come check. I, I invited people to come check us out. And people came. And when they came, we proactively practiced hospitality to those who took a chance to check us out. In fact, many of those who would call Clarity home did so as a result of these behaviors, repurposing our rhythms, exercising generosity with their time and our finances, and, in, and engaging and persuasively inviting people through personal invites and marketing. So, The question is, how are things now in 2023? Like, what does it look like in 2023? Well, I have good news. One, uh, we are still a church repurposing our rhythms. Still a church repurposing our rhythms. So good job, everybody. Uh, We're still exercising generosity with our time. In fact, this morning, I was like super happy. We got done setting up, I think by like 8.35. And we were just hanging out and saying hi to each other. And... uh, we still exercise generosity with our finances, at least right now, right? I mean, we have, and here's what the great thing. In the 10 years we existed, we have never been in the red. In fact, I was, again, referring to the pastor's meeting that we had a couple weeks ago. I heard the, these churches, like, they have thousands of people. Their, their, their monthly budget is almost the size of, like, our annual budget. And, and they, were, they were talking, like, as we're kind of going around, just, like, saying, how are things going? And some of these guys are like, oh. You know, oh, finances are really tough. Like we're we're in the red right now. We're like negative five thousand dollars, and 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 like and I know how much they take in. I'm and I'm proud to let you know that in the ten years we existed, we have never I've never had to be able to say like we are negative. Okay, like so, and that's that's on you as a church. We have never found ourselves like 
in that side of negative, other, other than like, I think there's a, there's a brief time period where, uh, like you couldn't pay me, but that was fine. But as far as being negative, like we've never been there. And so we're still exercising genuine with our finances. It allows us to continue to support church planning. It allows us to continue to partner with local organizations like Every Meal that helps fight food insecurity here in our community. But what we haven't done, what hasn't existed as a part of our collective effort to behave in the ways that positively affect our engagement in God's mission in the world, to see more and more people embrace Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, is engaging persuasively to invite people through personal invites and marketing. That's what we haven't done. Now, this is, before you, um, like, oh, Phil, you're beating us up. Are you not happy with us? I love you guys. I am so proud of you guys. We, this is a part of an outflow. If you remember a couple months ago, I talked about the vision. I talked about how getting one degree off in the beginning, it's, it's fine. It almost looks like you're in the same distance, but as time goes on, that one degree You'll find yourself, and this is kind of where we as a church have gone one degree off. And I took the blame for this because I'm the one that makes the decisions on the idea of like marketing. and all. So like, this is my fault. This is not our fault. I mean, your fault. It's primarily our fault, but this is what has happened. And so we haven't done this. And I don't think it's any secret that we've decreased in numbers over the last couple years, right? I mean, I remember when we first moved here into this elementary school, we were using all three spaces setting up two racks of chairs, right? I mean, that's, for those of you who are back in the day, you remember what it was like. And while we could talk about why we have decreased in numbers, we could talk about all those reasons over the last few years, the most important thing that needs to be said is that the decrease in our numbers actually significantly impacts how we together live life on mission with God. Fewer numbers means fewer workers for the work. And when there are fewer workers, that means more people serve more. And then they get, there's, the, there's that temptation to feel overworked and feel stretched out, right? And then we have people like Jill. And if, if you, this is the first time you ever met Jill and you saw her playing the cajon. And, which, by the way, she has not classically been a percussionist. And she has done an amazing job. But Jill is a piano player and a, an amazing singer, right? But, you know. When we are in this situation that we're in, we all just do what needs to be done. And I know she hates it when I call her out, so I apologize. But, but, like, but everyone's doing this. There are people who are doing things that just need to be done. And at the end of the day, we're not allowing people to actually sit in the very gifting that maybe God really, really, really has for them. Because we're just trying to get what needs to get done. Also, fewer numbers means fewer resources. Okay, and over the last couple of years, we've made adjustments in our budget. As our bottom line continues to go down, we're always being responsible, but that's something we've had to talk about in, 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 in um, transparency, and we've had to work on that. And here's the harsh reality. If we do not add more people to our numbers, too many of us will move away. Like Gary and Debbie, they announced last week that they're moving to California. They said, we hate Phil, and we don't want to be here anymore. And we're so mad that, no, I'm teasing. No, they're going to take off care of their parents. And we heard the cool, awesome God story and blah, 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 whatever. Praise, praise Jesus. He's awesome. He's still, still taking it personally. Right? Well, we can think about all the, they either move away or, you know, like my good friend, Mark Ehlert, they pass away. They pass away. 
And when that continues to happen, this local church will eventually not be able to sustain existence. Because the small number at some point who are left will just look at each other and be like, well, I don't think we continue to do this. I don't know if we continue to pay for meeting here. I don't know if we could continue to pay Phil. And, and, and I've told you this before. I will be your pastor as long as you will allow me. But at some point, <laughs> it will be just me and my wife. And there will be nobody to pastor. And anyone that's left will have the biblical obligation to be in community with other Christians. And will need to find a local church to be a part of. And here's a challenge. Let's not get there. Let's not wait till we, in fact, at my old church, a good friend of mine, he, when he started coming, he became a good friend of mine. He played bass in the worship team. And when I got to meet him, and he was actually an elder at a church that ended up closing its doors. And he said, Phil, it was the worst thing that's ever happened in my life. It was the worst thing that he had to do. Closing the doors, getting rid of all the assets, helping every person find a home church. He's like, it was the, it was the most heartbreaking thing I'd ever done. And, you know, I hope you never have to experience that. And he told that to me as, like, as a church plant, trying to encourage me because he knew that there's a real reality that church plants, by and large, there's a good percentage of them that don't make it. And... Uh, And the challenge for us is instead of us having to do that, instead of us getting there, why don't we just choose right now to take responsibility for our part in seeing this local church to continue to exist? Let's just do it. I I will tell you this right now. We have more people in this room than people who are part of our launch team. We could do this. And this is why this date, February 4th, 2023, is so important. What's going on on this date? Well, let me let you know. On this date, we're going to be starting a new series. It's actually an old series. And we're, we're just going to be... God bless Jesse. Um, not our Jesse, but another Jesse. Uh, he, he created this graphic. That's what he said. Uh, we're just going to pull it back again. And it's been 10 years since we've done this series. And as we're going, it actually works out. Because remember, we started the book of Matthew. And you'll notice that as we go through the book of Matthew, we'll stop it this year and begin it in Matthew chapter 5. We're going to go through the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to um, basically everything leading up to that Sunday will be an opportunity for us to market and, and, and invite people to be part of that day. And and I often have, I have to apologize. I know I know I've often re, uh, referred to this as, as a relaunch date. But you need to know that when I speak of a relaunch, I'm speaking in terms of how it would appear to those on the outside, not those who are part on the inside. For those of us who consider ourselves part of Clarity, a better word for describing the next 12 weeks, we only have 12 weeks, like think about this, we're going to meet 11 more times and then February 4th we'll be here, 11 more times. Okay, so it seems far away, but it actually isn't. But for those of us who consider ourselves part of a clarity, uh, part of clarity, a better word for describing the next 12 weeks leading up to this date is better defined by this word, reset. Reset. Now, for those of you who have ever sold a computer or a smartphone, 
you know what I'm talking about, right? What is a reset? When you reset your phone, get it ready to sell. When you reset your computer to get it ready to sell, what is that? What is that? Right, when it comes to computers, a reset is when you take the machine back to what? It's original state. You reinstall the software or the operating system because you probably got too much junk in there. You got too many photos in there, blah, blah, blah. You know, you, right, right? And now this is different than a reboot or just a, re, or, or just a, 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 re, um, a restart, right? That's what you do with your router. You, you kind of just poop and like, all right, here we go. All right, let's start again. So a reset is different. To use this illustration of reset, uh, over the next 12 months, we will be resetting our expectations and behaviors. It's very important. Re- expectations and behaviors regarding inviting, welcoming, and helping new people connect to clarity. And so our, our expectations and our behaviors need to be reset because we will be investing our resources into something we used to do but have yet to do in years. And as I said before, what is that? Well, it's this. It's letting people in our community know we exist and inviting them to be our guests at our gatherings through marketing. It's, it's actually that simple. That's, that's what we're going to do. But Listen, if we're going to be doing that, we need to change our expectations and change our behaviors regarding inviting, welcoming, and helping new people connect to clarity. Imagine, uh, if you would with me, that coworker of yours. Imagine that friend of your, uh, not co not friend, uh, maybe that neighbor of yours that you don't know really well, but Maybe you're open to the idea of getting to know them. And, and, and imagine that coworker or that neighbor who you're, you're open, you know, you don't think they're too weird. You're like, I, I think I'm going to be okay with them. And, and they say, hey, let's, let's grab dinner. Actually, you know what? Why don't you come over to my house this Friday? And you're like, sure, sure. Like, what time do you want me to come over? I'll, I'll come over. Why don't you come over at 6 p.m.? And imagine getting to this person's house at 6 p.m. and ringing the doorbell. Ding! Nobody answers. Nobody answers. And imagine having to call them, or if they have a ring cam, they're like, right? If you call them, they're like, where are you, man? And the, and and. And imagine that after calling them, you find out that they are running late with no other good reason than the fact that they lost track of time. Okay? So, okay, okay. I lost track of time. I'm so sorry. I'll be there in a second. And then imagine what it would be like to, to sit in your car, like, okay, all right. Sitting in your car in front of their house, waiting for them to get home. How would you feel? How would you feel about the genuineness of your acquaintance's invitation and hospitality? How would you feel? Well, Phil, I wouldn't judge too harsh. It's just the first time. Okay, okay. Holier than thou. Good for you. For the rest of us, you would begin to doubt. Like, was this really important to them? Or imagine that you get there and you knock on the door and you're greeted by your coworker and they're in their pajamas. <laughs> and... When they say, hey, to you, it really just sounds like, and especially with the look on their face, it's more of like a, hey, 
you doing here? If you know what I'm talking about. Imagine that happened. And you're like, uh, dinner. And they're like, oh, dinner. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, come on in. Just give me a second. And imagine that would happen. Or, or better, imagine that you get there and then they let you in. And then they say, oh, my word, I totally don't have enough food for you and me. I just only have enough food for me. Oh, or, or you know what? Oh, my goodness. I totally forgot. I should have got buy some more plates. I only have one set of plates and silverware. I don't have a plate for you. I don't have any silverware for you. And do you mind just eating off the skillet? Is, is that cool? It's, I mean, I won't tell anybody. Is this cool? You just do it. You just do it. Like pretend we're like in the boundary waters. No. Or how about this? Imagine that everything goes well. You go over six o'clock. They're there. They welcome you. They got music in the background. Smell of foods wafting in the air. There's enough things, right? You know, and, and everything goes well, and you just have a really good time. You're like, all right, I'll see you later. Have a good night. And then the next day you go to work, and you see them. And you're like, hey. And they, they go like this, and they just kind of walk on. Or, or maybe you do say hi, and then there's just like never an invitation again to hang out. How would you feel? about the genuineness of that acquaintance invitation and hospitality to friendship. You'd probably be like, was it me? Did I do something? Was it, was it my breath? Was it me? Here's the thing. Once the invitations go out, once we start marketing, we will have visitors. It's just how it works. Like, we don't do anything other than have a website and have social media. Like, and most of the time, we just, we publish things that, like, we want you to know. So you're, you're the audience. And we're changing that. Thank you, Jesse. But once we start the invites, we'll have visitors. I know we will. And listen, we need to be ready for them. And that's what the next 12 weeks is going to be about. To be clear, over the next 12 weeks, this is how we will begin resetting our expectations and behaviors regarding inviting, welcoming, and helping new people connect to clarity. One, we will have fully resourced ministries. What do I mean by that? From kids' ministries to hospitality, from setup to cafe we will need to have commitments from people to serve. There cannot be a week where we are like struggling to get by. Once February 4th hits, we need to have people committed to serve. We need to have enough numbers to resources our... Listen, we actually, we actually do have enough numbers to resource our ministries fully, but... We need to have everyone engaged regularly from February till June. And, and, and here's the thing. If I'm asking it to you this year, to do it just this year, and I'm going to ask you to do it just from February to June. And I get it. Every March, third week of March, you always go somewhere. And, and what I'm asking you to do is to, is to stay with us. 
I'm asking you to do what it can, do what you can to make sure that we're fully resourced so that when visitors come, they get a sense that we're ready for them. Maybe you don't feel called to kids' ministry, but listen, I'm asking you to figure out what it's like to help out, get involved, get trained, figure out what it's like for our kids' ministry leaders. By the way, you should know what they do. And I don't know if you know this, but being part of kids' ministry is a huge blessing. And I'm asking you to help our church minister to kids so that visitors with families genuinely actually believe that Clarity is a spiritual family where they feel welcome to be a part of. And, and maybe you like your sleep. I get it. Maybe you like your sleep. And Sundays is the one day that you don't really feel like getting up early and helping get things set up. But I'm asking you just for a season. I'm not asking for the rest of your life. I'm asking you for a season. Because here's the thing. If we get more people, we will have more help. And you don't have to serve every week or it feels like every other week. But I'm asking, as we lead up to this time, would you help us make sure that we are ready, that we are ready, which leads to our next point. So we will have fully resources, ministries, but one, we're going to be ready. Do you know the common trait of every person who has visited our church you know the common trait? They arrive before our gathering begins. They arrive before. And as you get comfortable, you come later. But everyone who visits comes early. And so here's what I want to say. Even if you're not serving, if you call clarity your home, not next week, but maybe you need to start practicing it so that 12 weeks from now, you're going to get 11 times to practice this. But once February 4th hits, I need you to be here early. We have advertised since day one, 10 years ago, on our website, social media, and even on the description of our podcast. If you listen to our podcast and you look at information, you'll see that it tells people, our church starts at this time and then our cafe and kids' ministries open, kids' ministry check-in opens up 15 minutes before our gathering begins. That's what we're telling people. And guess what? They believe us. <laughs> and so they get here, they go, oh, I should probably get there in 15 minutes. That's when kids' check-in begins. And so we need us to be ready. And how you can help us be ready? One, help us start on time. Starting February 4th, these things on our Pre-service checklist must be done so we are ready, not just for our worship gathering, but for any visitors we may have. Now, these times may change, but as of right now, this is the vision for what I have going forward. Listen, kids' ministry prep needs to be done by 9.30. Why does it need to be done by 9.30? Because pre-service prayer with everyone who serves starts at what time, Michelle? 9.30. We get together, we pray with one another. Because we believe that what we're doing here is more than just an event, but it's actually something spiritual. And so we want to engage our hearts and our minds in something that connects us with the ever-living God, who is the only one that can actually change lives, by the way. So we need him. We want to get our hearts right. We want to come together in prayer. We want to come before the Lord and we say, Lord, you do this work. and Thank you for allowing us to be part of it. We desperately need you to move in Jesus' name. 
And then hospitality needs to be ready and greeters in their positions by 940 if we're telling them that we're open at 945, right? Our cafe opens and our kids' check-in begins at 945 a.m. And then the doors to our gathering opens up at 950. Kind of change things around for now. But that's, that's kind of the vision. Like, help us to start on time. We just need that. We need that. And for these things to get done on time, we also need people to help us set up so we can be ready. I can't tell you how, what a joy it was. We had Nate and Christina here this morning. And then we had Jess and Micaiah. Like, there's five people here. And it was absolutely awesome. This, when we got done, I think we got done, like, setting up at, like, 8.35. It was just ridiculous. Ridiculous. And here's what was cool about that. We got to hang out, talk with each other, argue who's going to have donuts and who's going to try to stay skinny, right? Like, like, we just talk about, we're just hanging out with each other. And some of you are like, you know what, I feel like I just go to church and I just serve and I don't really feel connected with anybody. Well, it's probably because we're all like trying to get ready and trying to have, get things ready and we're all rushed and nobody's on, t- we don't have enough help and so we can't, but what light, many hands make for a light load. And then that's, it's the environment where we get to connect with each other and, and ask about how our week went. So help us do that. And then we will practice shared hospitality. This means every one of us will be committed to working together to be hospitable. Even if you are serving, uh, even if you're not serving as a part of the hospitality team. So what does this look like? It means, it means greeting people you've never met in ways that genuinely communicate that you're happy they chose to be with us. And make it genuine. If you're not happy to see that person, don't fake it. You should. Probably should have a heart check. It means interacting with them in ways that generally make them go from feeling like a stranger to a what? We've talked about this one. Stranger to friends, right? This is what we've always talked about. And another time, another place, we'll talk about this is our This is our discipleship pathway for us. We want to help strangers become what? Friends. Friends become what? Family and family what? Become servants and missionaries in the world. That's what we want to do. Simple as that. We can't make strangers feel like friends if we're not hospitable. This means saying hi and then saying, hey, would you like to sit with us? Would you like to sit with me? Hey, you, 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 should, you, should, meet, you should meet Kathy. Have you met Kathy? You're, you say you live in Plymouth? Oh, Kathy lives in Plymouth. Hey, um, I know this is your first time. Do you want to meet our pastor? You should meet him. Like, he's really weird. He'll probably say, I'm Phil from the Philippines, but you can ignore that. And he's really a nice guy. Sort of. Maybe make group plans that allow you to invite visitors to be a part of it. Part of the history of our church. And I know it's changed now that everyone has, like, there's a lot of people with young kids, so you kind of want to go home and get them for nap. But if you can, like, this was a really cool thing we used to do. Every once in a while. A bunch of us would just go to lunch with each other without visitors coming. But then when visitors would come, we'd say, hey, would you like to go to lunch with us? No, it's not just me and you. Like, there's like a bunch of us already going. So it's not anything. You just kind of come along. And we had these regular rhythms of people being able to go hang out. Maybe invite people to community. Like today, we have community. Why don't you come on over? And when you see them again, acknowledge them by name. And by the way, if you forget their name, go say hi anyways. Admit that you forgot their name. Ask them for it. 
and then invite them to sit with you. I cannot believe I'm giving you this advice. But like I think sometimes we're in 2023, we're this social media generation, and like, I don't know what to do, meeting people, talking with them. And you know what I'm talking about, because some of you, you, when you get a phone call, even if it's someone you know, you will push them to voicemail, because you're like, I don't want to talk to them. And you'll be like, next, and you'll be like, what do you need? <sighs> right? We got to get back to this skill of what does it mean to like actually interact with people and talk with them and say hi, build these kind of skills. But the primary key is that we do this together. And while a local church can be a place where you make new friends, a local church can be that. A local church should be, first and foremost, a community inviting people into life as family together on mission with God. Which, by the way, when churches don't do that, that's the reason why people say church is irrelevant. When it's just a place where I can make friends with people, they understand that I can make friends anywhere else. I can join the lion's roar. I can join, I can join this group or this group. But if the church, if the church can be only what it can be, a community learning to live life together on mission with God, that is what we have to offer. And so fully resourced ministries, we're going to be ready. We're going to practice shared hospitality. we got 11 weeks to get this down. 11 weeks. And this is what will be required of us if Clarity Church is to continue to be a disciple-making community for years to come. We're not there yet. Okay? We're not there yet. But it's what's needed. Listen, we're not, we're not adding staging we're asking you to set up scuba walls in our kids' ministry. We're not unorganically starting new programs or ministries for the sake of just having more. We're definitely not trying to attract people for the sake of having more people to our events. You need to know that. Like, this is, this is not about like, oh, I see it. Phil's, okay, he's, we're going to be that church. Listen. As one pastor wrote, he said this, attracting people is not in itself as wrong if we are attracting them to Jesus and calling them to follow and submit their lives to him. Sadly, too many ministries and churches have primarily measured their success by how many people attend their events. This often leads to a do-whatever-it-takes-to-attract-more-and-more-people mentality. In many cases, the ministry or church becomes more of an entertainment industry than a disciple-making ministry. In the worst of cases, churches avoid speaking truth and end up presenting a genie in a bottle, which makes me think of the Christina Aguilera. Have a genie in a bottle, baby. See, that's a terrible song. Why am I singing that? Um, but presenting a genie in a bottle, Jesus, who grants your every wish, <laughs> but never calls you to surrender your life to his will and purposes. These ministries and churches do attract, and they often grow larger, but they don't make mature disciples of Jesus, who are then able to make disciples of Jesus. So, here, here's, here's the point. I want to see, I want to see you. I want to see us. Make disciples. 
That's it. And we have to do it together because that is God's design for how he wants to reach the world through his church. It's you that's me. And if I could be so bold to say, today is the day we begin to trust God that he would continue to allow us to join him in seeing his mission accomplished in the world as we reset our expectations and behaviors regarding inviting, welcoming, and helping new people connect to clarity. Does that make sense? Is that that helpful? Let me pray.